welcome to the Connection Church Dublin Sermon Podcast. Our mission is to connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus. One of the ways we do that is through the preaching of God's Word, centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here's this week's message. All right. Amen. Good morning, church. I'm glad the bumper's back. Make sure we want to go tackle somebody for Jesus, you know what I mean? Um, Man, I, I just want to say welcome. If it's your first time, I always want to speak to you. Man, my name's Buck, and I have the privilege of serving as the lead pastor here at Connection. And uh, you'll find we're a simple church, uh, laser focus on connecting people to a growing relationship with Jesus. One of the primary ways we connect uh, are through what we call our connect groups. And so these groups are uh, usually around 8 to 12 people that meet during the week uh, to fellowship around a meal, the Bible, uh, and prayer. And God is doing some big things in our connect groups. If you're in a connect group and God's doing awesome stuff, will you just kind of give a shout and a yell of like, hey. Um, and so if you're not a part of one, man, I would encourage you uh, to take that next step. Um, also, if uh, you're new here and you're like, man, I just want to get plugged in how you do that here is through our Heart and Soul class. And um, it's a class that meets bi-monthly, and it's all about what it looks like to have a relationship with God, a relationship with His church, and, and who we are and what God's called us to here at Connection. And so the next one starts next Sunday. Uh, I'm praying that it's going to be the largest class we've ever had. And so uh, if you're on the fence about that, I would encourage you to go sign up. If you have questions, uh, see me or one of our connectors. We would love to have you uh, in that class, okay? But today, go ahead and grab your Bibles. We're going to be in Romans chapter 6, Romans chapter 6, picking up and continuing on uh, in our series through the book of Romans. And, um, and I really am excited for today, uh, believing that God is going to speak to our hearts and, uh, and not only do I want you to just have um, a, a good service or a good time in His Word, uh, but I pray that you would leave with something that will change your life. Amen? And so I'm praying for that today, and I want to go ahead and read the Scriptures, and I want to have some intentional time in prayer. So we'll be in Romans chapter 6, starting in verse 1. So let's just dive in. God's Word says, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once, once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. 
In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of your body to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law, but under grace. Church, let's take a moment and uh, pray intentionally. I would invite you to pray, Lord, would you open my heart uh, to speak um, to me? So let's take a minute and pray. Jesus, we sure love you. Thank you for the time we get to spend uh, in worship, in your word, and in prayer. God, I just pray for us in this time. Jesus, I ask that you would uh, open our eyes to behold wonderful things in your word. I pray you'd open our hearts to receive uh, your love, your fresh grace for today, so that we can walk out the life you've called us to, God. And God, for some of us that may be new to church or haven't been in a while, or maybe uh, those walls we were talking about, we just feel walled in. Uh, life is difficult in this season, God, I pray. Um, God, you did not come to put burdens on people. You came to lift them. And thank you that when we come into your presence, that's what you do, God. You are a chain breaker. You are a miracle working God. So God, all of us, I pray that we would be united uh, in our pursuit to see you more clearly, to hear from you today. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, if you guys are good with it, I'd love to start um, the beginning of this message from this posture. And, um, you know, we live in a world where humility almost seems awkward. Amen? And... Uh, and I want to share something with you about this posture right here. If you take this posture before God, God will change your life and he'll change the world around you. And that God, um, he comes to the lowly. He comes to those that are needy. I heard a, a guy say here recently, he says, the only prerequisite from receiving uh, the good news of the gospel and fresh grace is neediness. And I, I share that because um, when we first got going with the church, this is uh, the posture I began every service. And, um, and because I knew, listen, I knew I needed God to show up because if he didn't show up, I knew I had nothing good to offer. And, you know, I'm glad that God's brought me from where I was. But what kept me from doing this is somebody stopped me one time and they said, do you still do that at the start of the service? That's kind of weird. And... Um, and I look back at that, and I was like, man, the fear of man really is a snare. <laughs> it really is a snare. And recently in my life, and maybe y'all have seen some things shift if you've been coming for a while, but um, God has just been moving my heart toward worship and prayer. And, uh, and I believe he wants to move your heart toward worship and prayer, because worship and prayer is what we'll do for all eternity. And, um, and I was at a conference, and it was a sweet time of worship, and um, I had my head down and was praying to God, and I looked up, and, um, and I saw a, a man more toward the front uh, of the conference. I was at the back, 
And on the back of its shirt, it said, the best is yet to come. And if you've been here for a while, that's, uh, that's one of the things we say a lot because um, Jesus is coming back and therefore the best is always still yet to come in our life. Amen. And I began to lock eyes with this man and I began to feel the Lord ministering to me and say, I want you to watch this guy. And so this guy, he was standing in worship and, and then all of a sudden he got down on his knees and he, he bowed his head like this. And I felt the Lord speak to me and say, Buck, if you'll stay right there with your life, I'll do more than you could ever imagine. And that's not a word for me, that's a word for our house. And if we can keep this posture in life, you'll see God do, Ephesians 3, exceedingly and abundantly more than you could ask or imagine. When you begin to build a discipline that there's a room or a place in your house where you get here, God is about to overwhelm you with his goodness. I want to encourage you with that word today. Is that okay? Amen. Amen. So as we get going, and I think about that, today we're going to be talking about um, really a question that I think many of us ask, whether you know it or not, all right? Now, you may be new to church. You may be uh, here for a while. um, But really the title of the message, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. What do I do with sin? What do I do with sin? And for those that may be new, um, what sin is, sin is an archery term. Um, Because a lot of us, we believe sin is just bad things, right? When we do bad things, uh, we're sinful. And you're not wrong, but it's also incomplete. Sin is an archery term. And what it means is, is that we have missed the mark of the perfection and the holiness of God. So when we don't measure up to be perfect like God, we are sinners, okay? That means we are not perfect. And so um, we all, listen, we want to unify the room here. All of us have sin. So the question becomes, outside and then inside of a relationship with Christ, what is my relationship with sin? And so today, Paul does an incredible job, and and I'm just believing God is going to give you some fresh perspective uh, today. Um, And and what has happened here is Paul has been talking to us about some really good news, that we are made right with God in perfect relationship, not by our ability to live up to a standard, not by our ability to kill sin in our life, but we measure up to the perfection of God through the sacrifice, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. So through him, we are made right, positionally right. But now the question I want to answer is, what do I do with my sin? Though I'm positionally right, I live in a very wrong world. Though I'm positionally right, I live in a a wrong world and a a, a life in um, a, a, a body that really has flesh. So now what do we do? And I'm uh, believing today that God's going to do a work, all right? So uh, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. What do I do with my sin? First of all, uh, we have to receive Christ. We have to receive Christ. Receive Christ. And so I'm going to read with you Romans 6. Starting in, uh, in verse number one, and let's just take some time through here. So Paul has just laid out the good news that we are made right only by God through grace. But now all of us, man, we, we all are prone to think, well, if I've been made right by Christ and not myself, 
well, why should I live um, in a way that honors God? Or what, why should I try and fight sin? Well, listen, Paul answers that because he's smart and he knows how we think, right? And he says in verse 1, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning since, so that grace may increase since Jesus has covered it? Verse 2, everybody hear this. He says, by no means. We are those who have died to sin. So therefore, how can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized in the Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we may too live a new life. Everybody say new life. New life. So now uh, let's, let's dive into this, okay? At the cross, when we are uncovered, when God illuminates uh, the, the eyes of our heart to see the beauty and the majesty and the goodness of God, the free penalty, the free gift through the penalty of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, we come to a place to see an invitation to true life. And in every way, we die a death on that day to receive new life. At salvation, what it is, and I'm going to illustrate it. I know y'all have seen it a million times, but listen, I know I heard a guy say one time, Pastor, when you get tired of saying it, their heart's just now hearing it. So listen, here's the deal. We were born missing the mark of perfection, living out sin, doing those things. Now, when we heard the good news of Christ, we died to a way of life, right? And we laid our lives down, we repented, and we received new life. Listen, remember we talked about this, you missed, go back last week. When we die here, we receive life now on the journey and life eternal, all in a moment. That's huge, man. Heaven comes into our heart in a moment. Man, that, I'm going to talk about that from here till, till I get to see heaven. It's, just an, it's a miracle. And so uh, we die a death. And what that's called is it's called justification, just as if we'd never sinned. Now, I want to talk about the why of baptism. So we've got uh, baptisms next Sunday. If you've never been to a baptism service at Connection, um, you go ahead and mark your calendar. To me, it is my favorite service we do. And what's going to happen next week is people are going to share their story with you of who they were and in Christ who they have become. And I love the illustration of baptism because it symbolizes how we receive Christ is that an old life has been buried with Jesus into his death, right? And so we're identifying the death we died, we died with Christ, and we are united with him in relationship. And through his power living in us, we've been raised to live a new life. All right? Is everybody tracking with me? So we first have to receive Christ. So listen, uh, and there's a verse I want to point out here is this, okay? Okay? In verse number, let's start in five. It says, if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We're identifying with Jesus. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Here's the deal. If you're in Christ, sin no longer has mastery over your life. 
You need to receive that. That, that beforehand, before we met him, we could not help. We were lived, we were slaves to it. It was a cruel master. And so starting to kind of play out what do we do with our sin, understand apart from Christ, sin rules us. It's not your fault, it's, it's sin in you, right? And our fault is we continue to let it be our master. And so we see that the relationship changes, that sin no longer masters us. And so now as we talk about this new journey, I want to give you something today. The second thing to take with you is this. The first is to receive Christ. The second thing is to remember Christ. To remember. Receive, first point now, remember Christ. And I tell this every time I see one come to faith. Every time I see someone come to faith. There are going to be days where you feel like Jesus is right by your side, and there are going to be days where he feels a million miles away. But praise God, our faith isn't based on feelings, it's based on truth. So in this journey, this process of working it out, I want you to know is that you need to remember on your best days and your worst days, you need to remember who Christ is, you need to remember what he's done, and you need to remember who you are and where you're going. To, to, to walk out a victorious life, it will not be by you fixing your eyes on what's wrong, but you need to fix your eyes on the one who is right in your life. And it is he who began the good work in you. And it is he who completes the good work in you. Don't look around. Don't look down. You keep looking up. You got to remember Christ. You remember what he says. So as I read these words, listen, I'm giving you equipping the saints for the work of the ministry because of the work of the ministry is that you would walk out a life where Christ is fully formed in you so that you can live a victorious life and you do not get into the ditches of sin and shame and guilt and bondage, the very place Satan wants to take you every single day when you wake up. And so today we have to remember Christ. Read with me verse number eight. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. Now, listen, that's in heaven, but that's also right now. Verse 9, for we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. I got to stop right there. Listen, what happened when Jesus died on the cross? Uh, he, he died and was buried in the ground. He went and he grabbed all the keys of hell and Satan and he brought them with him and said, listen, if you'll come with me, I've got the keys to the kingdom of life. And the kingdom of death no longer has hold on you. Sometimes we need the picture and the imagery of Jesus is that if you're rolling with him, death is no more in your life. Man, what a savior, right? He's, listen, I got to use some terms. You know, you, the people you roll with, you need to roll with Jesus, man. You need to roll with them. And so he says, I've taken it. Now, verse uh, nine, he cannot die. Verse 10, the death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. And listen, as we begin to identify with Jesus, as we begin this new journey of faith, and many of you I know are new in your faith, we are meant to look at the scriptures, to look at Jesus, to find what we need to walk out this life of faith. He is a perfect example. Listen, when you read the scriptures, look for Jesus. You need to take that in your notes. When you read the scriptures, look for Jesus. He is the example and the model of how we walk this out. Okay? So, 
We've been saved. We've been justified. Now we're beginning to walk out the faith. And how many of you would say you want to walk in power and victory over sin in your life? I hope it's every hand raise. Okay? (laughs) Salvation is one death. Sanctification is many deaths to ourselves. Hear that one more time. Salvation is a one-time death. Sanctification is many deaths to ourselves. Because here's the deal. <laughs> you can't kill sin by focusing on dying to the sin. Listen, killing sin starts with dying to the self because self is where the sin is. Hear that one more time. If you focus on dying to the sin, you're missing the mark and it's going to be watered down. We die to the self because it's in ourself is where all the sin comes from. So Jesus said the mark of a disciple is this. He says that what? To deny ourselves, to take up our cross and follow Jesus. That means when we really get churning on this journey, and listen, um, I, I know we've got some people that, listen, you pray in the morning and, and the gates of hell shake, man. And praise God. I pray that my sermons fans flames onto you. I pray you get more hungry for the things of God. But some of you are just figuring this thing out. And I want to encourage you, man, do not be intimidated, though you may be experiencing new things, though it seems awkward or it seems difficult. Um, This is what I want you to know, okay? It is every day beginning to build the disciplines of, I know if I'm on the throne of my life, I know it doesn't well. Jesus, help meet me here. It's, It's a new walk, okay? So don't, just take it one day at a time. This is a process, I was thinking on this the other day of of some things I was wrestling with eight years ago, and I was like, my gosh, man. You ever thought about that? You look back at life, and you're like, what was I doing? You know what I mean? You're on a journey, man. You know, you're not where you're going to be, but praise God, you're not where you were, right? And that's the life in Christ, and we want to encourage you, man, the fan in the flame, this new life you've found. And Rome wasn't built in a day. Listen, it takes one day at a time. All right, so so I want to I want to share that for you, okay? But listen, how to remember Christ is that we die death to self day by day. You don't need to get better at living. You need to get better at dying, (laughs) right? Because when you die, you receive new life, fresh life, day by day. That's why I talk about prayer. That's why I talk about worship. It's by laying our life down that we find true life. Now, uh, Ephesians 4, 22 and 24. I want to read this because um, today, really, this point, I want to press in. you got to remember Christ. you got to remember Christ. So this is talking about an old life and a new. It says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life, right? So, so there was, for all of us who are in Christ, there was an old way, an old pattern, an old master, if you will, an old ruler, if you will. It says, in your former lay of life, and he says, to put off, right? Now, here's the deal. When I get changed in the morning or at night, um, no one just takes my coat off for me. That would be awesome, right? But there's a, there's a anyway, I'm not going to go there. But there's a, uh, anyway, stay on task. All right. But there's an effort where we have to take off what was old. We have to remember and say, hey, I feel this today. This is not who I am. This ain't who I am anymore. It says you were taught to put off the old self. And remember, when you were living this way, it did not go well. Amen? We were being corrupted by evil desires that are in the self. 
right? And we ruin stuff. We ruin relationships. We ruin stuff. We ruin our bodies when we're being corrupted. That's the old self. Now listen, verse 23. But we've put it off. And when we put on the new, we are made new in the attitude of your minds, right? Verse 24, listen to me. And to put on the new self. Right, So that's taking off that old sin suit. That's putting on uh, that new life that's a free gift in Christ. And we are created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Listen, here's the deal. When that old garment is on you, when you have a tendency to get that old garment on, that old life, listen, everybody needs to listen in right here. That You need to remember, that's who I was. That is not who I am. That's who I was. When you begin to minister to the people you used to throw down with, and they're like, what's going on? You tell them, say, man, listen, I know I did all that. That's who I was. That's not who I am. First time I preached was in my hometown. And, man, there were people out there that seen your boy at his worst. You know what I mean? And I was like, God, Lord, don't let this run make them run. I know what they've seen me do. I know what I participated in. And that's what I said first thing. I said, man, I, I, I love you guys, and I know you've seen some things, but I've got the courage to tell you that's who I was. That is not who I am anymore. And in this new life, the world begins to see the beauty of the gospel. Because I'm going to talk to you for 40 minutes or so most Sundays, and man, I know you guys expect it. That's, that's what I'm here to do, but... There is great power in a changed life. When you see a life changed, it's like there's something on there. And that's what he's talking about here. So we've all got a sin suit, right? We all have these old garments, this old life that every day without the renewal of the mind, without worship, we have a tendency to keep the old garment on. And so here's the deal. Our number one enemy, um, again, uh, is the self, because that's where the sin is. Well, how can I begin to get victory over this? And God just put this in my heart, okay? Serving helps kill the self. Hear that again. Serving helps kill the self. That's one of the things we talk about at our church. We believe save people, serve people. Uh, we believe that God has commissioned you to be a servant, not only uh, here as we gather, but you take on the lifestyle of a servant. And so what happens is when we lay our life down for someone else, that's where we begin to find joy. It keeps us remembering who we are, what uh, Christ has done. And we go know where we're going. Because listen, um, in Matthew, Jesus says, I've not come to this earth to be served, but I came to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. If you want to walk in life, you want to walk in joy, you want to walk in power, listen, you don't go high with a platform, you go low to the altar. All right, he says that serving helps kill the self. And, and I, I was thinking on this this week of oftentimes when I'm offended by going out of my way to help someone, there's something in me that needs to die. There's something in me that just needs to go. And I've forgotten what Christ has done for me. I, I see it in my small, I've seen it of there's just a, a power on a life of service. Because that's what Jesus called us to do. That's what Jesus called us to do. And so just remember, okay, faith is not built on feelings. Faith is built on truth. Faith is not built on feelings. Faith is built on truth. 
That's why these words we speak, those that are reading the Bible recap, while we're doing those things, as God's word begins to get in our ears, our head, and our hearts, it is a continual reminder on the days where you feel like running into sin, the days you feel like quitting, the days you feel like walking out, the days you feel like not keeping going in this relationship. You have to remember, my faith is not based on my feelings or my circumstances. My faith is built on who God says I am and what he says he'll do. You guys tracking with me? So, so we're, we're moving here. We have to receive Christ. Early on in the journey, we have to remember Christ, right? Because you're going to take two steps forward. Sometimes feels like one step back. It's just like a horse getting out of the gate. He has a hard time starting. You need community and prayer and serving in those early days. I'm just going to tell you. If you're new to Christ, you need community around you. You need people to pick you up. Now, third thing, take with you. I'm, I'm going to get off that kick. Um, we need to revere Christ. What do we do with our sin? We receive Christ. We remember Christ. And then this is how sin begins to be burned out and permeated in our life. We need to revere Christ. And revere is the heart of worship. It's the heart of worship. So verse number 11, I want to read 11 through 14 with you, and let's kind of work our way through here. In the same way, all right, so again, identifying with Christ, we have to receive him, we have to remember him. Now, in the same way, now he's talking to us, count yourselves dead to sin. Do you see how he talks about Christ a lot more than he talks about us? <laughs> like he begins with Christ, and he's like, this is the answer. Now I'm going to take this truth, and I'm going to begin to press it on your heart. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, because of that, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. Offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin no longer, uh, for sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under grace, but under, uh, no longer under law, but under grace. Now, this is what it's saying, okay? Sin never goes away, but our relationship with sin has changed a ton. Because what was master, right, we've now received a new master. And by worshiping this master, we can begin to combat the sin. But somebody needs to take this down. Walking out of life with Jesus is an everyday battle. Now, your relationship with sin is warfare. Hear that again. Your relationship with sin is now warfare. What was this subservient is now I make war on sin. And this is the why. Not so we can feel better. Not so we can get a better life. Not so this thing can go away. We fight sin because we want to reflect the love of a Savior. We fight sin to get Jesus because, listen, here's the deal. When we get Christ, all right, we have an eternal relationship with Him. When the Holy Spirit is in your heart, I don't give a darn what comes into your life. No one can snatch the love of the Father. No one can snatch you out of His hand. There's no sin you can run in that his grace can't reach down and get, okay? Now listen, but this is what sin will do. It'll create a dark cloud where you can't see the light of his face. As it remains, that voice who saved you, it becomes cloudy. Not because he's moved, because the posture of our heart is moved. Hear that again. 
It, it becomes a dark cloud, not a cloud from the Lord, in that we begin to feel lonely, isolated, and, um, and, and we begin to want to stray because sin clouds that, that perfect relationship with God, right? And, and I don't know about y'all, but today is a cloudy, cold day. And man, on those days, I need the warmth of the sun. And we need the sun. And sin keeps us from the fullness of all the sun has for us, right? And it's not out of wanting to kill it. It's out of wanting him that we kill it. It's out of wanting him that sin begins to die in our life. And this is where true transformation begins to happen. Because I am making war on the church posture that we come to a place for an hour. We read some words. We sing some songs that have no life in them. I, I mean, I'm not doing that. We're not doing that. Okay? These are the words of life, and he is the author of life. All right? And, and listen, this is what I talk about with this heart of worship. It's when we truly get into worship that we become transformed. And listen, worship is not the four songs and the fifth one we're about to sing. Worship is what happens in that closet in the morning. Well, worship is what happens when you obey the voice of the Lord coming out of that closet. Right? Worship is uh, getting in the Bible recap when you've missed a few days and not falling off in the ditch, but picking up where you are and keep on going, brother and sister. Worship is choosing Jesus when everything in you wants to sleep. Worship is choosing Jesus when everything in you is saying, I can't or I don't want to anymore. Or, Life's too busy. When you choose that word, that is an act of worship. Because here's the deal. My, my fear is this. Our relationship with God does not need to be based on what we feel like doing. It needs to be based on who he, said, who he is and what he's called us to do. Right? Listen, it's obedience where the breakthrough comes from. And sometimes obeying is reading those three chapters at the end of the day when you're worn out and exhausted. And listen, this is, I need to be careful with this. You need to feel no condemnation or guilt about that. Like, that's not, that's not what I'm saying, all right? You don't need to feel bad if you've been off or haven't written. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I am saying is when the Spirit of God begins to prompt you back to His Word and you obey, your faith is doing this. It's stretching. It's just like working on the bench. And by the way, praise God, went to the gym first time this past week. Can we get a praise God for that? Yeah. I'm pumped. I'm coming back, man. Um, I ain't got as much to work with as I used to. I'm going to try. So listen, here's the deal. It's just like when those muscles get stretched out, that's when you're worshiping and obeying even when your body doesn't feel like doing it. Faith is doing this. It's expanding like a muscle and you're growing. That's worship. Worship is your prayer time. Worship is corporately coming, Bible prayer and obedience, if you want to take that down. And then, mm, this may be most important, revering Christ. If you want to stay in that, make repentance a daily discipline. Hear that again. Repentance. Repentance is a picture of death to receive life, repentance. Repentance is, God, I see I'm blowing it. God, I, I'm struggling with this. And one of two things we do with where we're struggling, and here's the deal. I'm on this journey with you, man. If you come up here and listen to me and you think for three weeks, that guy hasn't struggled with sin, you're daggone missing it by a long shot. Every one of you, you're missing it. And my pride, because listen, because the longer you go, you think that pride's going to go away, but the more you kind of see God doing in your life, you tend to kind of think, I'm, I'm getting it. I've got it on my own. And pride gets deeper. 
and God makes you die a greater death. <laughs> right? It's so the closer I get, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's there. And one of two things we do, we either cover and conceal that bad fear or we bring it into the light and say, God, I'm repenting, deal with me. Deal with me. And I'm going to tell you, when you let God deal with you, it's painful on the front end, but I'm going to tell you what, when you finally let it out, man, the grace of God comes like a rushing river, man. And that fresh life comes, that remembering what it was like. Anybody get saved and you're like, man, I want to go back to that day? It's like a new life over and over and over, right? On this journey. We've got the one-time life, but we receive fresh life continually on our way to heaven. And repentance is the key. Don't take my words. Listen, uh, Acts uh, 3.19. Let's read this together. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times, that's not just one time, multiple times of refreshing may come from the Lord. I pray as you repent, the refreshing of the Lord comes into your spirit, man. I pray that's what our worship begins to feel like as you get the fresh breath of the Lord. Y'all ever been to uh, the carnival, uh, not the carnival, the arcade and played whack-a-mole? You know what it's like? Because here's the deal. Much of the church, they're playing whack-a-mole with sin. And what that is, is they're looking down with a, with a little mantle, a little, a little hammer. I don't know what you call it, a hammer. And the, and the moles of sin are popping up in their life. And they're fighting hard to hit the mole, the whack-a-mole. And the minute you start beating down a, a mole or a sin in your life, darn a new one pops up. Amen? Y'all ever feel that way? And you go to beating that mold down, and it's like, all right, got him beat down, and a new one popped up. You go to beating that down, darn, okay, I got it, new one pops up. And then now, you beat that one down, and the one you beat down to start the game with, it pops back up, amen? And what happens when you're looking down at your sin, your arm is getting tired, and you're going to quit. Listen, when you look up, God will come with a holy hammer to destroy sin in your life. (laughs) a holy hammer, to destroy sin in your life. Now, revering. Colossians 3, 1 through 4. Boy, if we had some more time. Listen, since then, you have been raised with Christ. So your residence eternally is in heaven. Therefore, set your hearts on things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2, it says, set your minds... Your heart and your mind on what? Things that are above, not on earthly things. Listen, verse 3. It says this, For you died, and now your life is hidden with Christ in God. Verse 4. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. As you begin to lay your life down and look up at him, Understand, when you're seeking Jesus in worship, you're looking at life. It says your life is with Him. All the good things you need in your life, they're with Him. And it's a whole life of discovering more and more what true life is and how uh, futile and futile this world is. That's the life in Christ. And lastly, man, is everybody good tracking so far? I got one more thing, okay? What do we do with sin? So now, if I could give you the journey, we receive, early going, we remember. Now, if you want to speed up, or not speed up, but you want to have success, we begin to revere, that's worship. And now, you know, I I am a a evangelist, missionary, disciple maker at heart, man. 
Because here's the deal. This is another reason what we do with sin in our life. We need more of Christ. We have to repent. We do all these things. Number four, take this down. We, have, we are called to reflect Christ. To reflect Christ. Listen, what we behold is what we become and reflect. Hear that again. What we behold is what we become and what we reflect. So 2 Corinthians 3.18. And we all with unveiled faces, right? That means we've seen the Lord. We've seen the good news of Christ in our hearts, and we, we, we got it. We contemplate. Now listen, I, I love other versions here where it says contemplate. Other versions say reflect. We reflect the Lord's glory and are being transformed into his image, which is ever with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Literally, God is saying, I want you to become like a mirror. That as we begin to behold the light of Christ and it begins to burn sin away as we repent and we look and worship him, we are meant to, what we're seeing is meant to be reflected into the world. Because here's the deal. Our greatest prayer should be, Christ, may they not see me, but God, when they see me, they see you. I heard a song recently that was shared in a, a group, and it says, the lady said, God, I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. But Lord, would you become my mirror? I was like, that's powerful. And we begin to reflect the Lord's glory. And so as you meditate on that, I'm going to ask the worship team up and We get the privilege to behold the Lord. just want to kind of remember what we've talked about today of what do I do with sin? No one in here, and let me just say this, no one in here, there's nothing you've done that you're not good enough for Christ. <laughs> you're not too far gone. Uh, that, that voice that says you should run and flee, it's not the voice of the Lord. Um, and you're here on purpose for a purpose. And so what do we do with sin? We receive the Lord. In this journey, listen, you have to remember the Lord, what he's done. That your sin cannot outrun his grace. We're called to revere the Lord. That's worship. He's pleased when we look up and we sing to him like we have done or are about to do. And then I'm calling our church, man. I pray that we would begin to become a reflection of Jesus that we grow to come to know him and the, and the walk with him so that the world may see Christ. At the end of the day, man, God uses everyday ordinary people just like you and me to reach the world. And the heroes of this next age, it will not be preachers, it will be the people of God. It will be everyday ordinary people that walk with the goodness of Christ into a workplace and reflect it. It will be people that come home to their families and they reflect the goodness of Christ. The heroic movement of this age, this revival will be modeled much more than it will be preached. God's not looking for messages. He's looking for messengers. And I believe that over our body. I know many of you are doing that. I just want to fan that into flame. It's real what God's up to. 
And so if you're here today and you don't know the Lord, but you're like, I'm in, I believe, I want to receive that news, this is the place for you. Church, let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for what you're doing in this place. And God, I'm just so thankful for the goodness of God, for the the grace of God. Lord, I pray for the one right now who's here. And God, you're unveiling yourself. God, you're unveiling yourself. and, And God, I pray that if you're here today and you'd say, Buck, I want to repent and receive a, a true relationship with Jesus. If that's you today, I'm just going to ask you in boldness, would you just lift your hand as an extension of faith and say, Buck, that's me today. I want to know the Lord. I want to come into a relationship with him. Is that anybody in the house? I'm going to give you just a moment. I see you back there, brother. If you'll keep that hand up, you'll keep that hand up back there. We just want to give you some resources. Is there anybody else in the house that would say, yes, you won't be the only one? Anybody else in the house? Praise God. Lord, for the rest of us, I pray our minds would be emptied of anything, sin and self, and God, our minds would be full of who you are, Lord. God, because regardless of our circumstances, our battles and our struggles, for the next five, ten minutes, I pray you'd be good in our life, Lord. God, that your presence would come, and, and God, you would remind us of who you are, and God, if we need to come and pray, I pray we'd do that. If we need to take a next step, we'd pray and do that. And God, I just love you so much. God, I'm thankful. Thank you for your word and your truth. Jesus, you get all the glory. In your name, amen. Amen. Welcome a new brother into the kingdom of God. Let's stand and worship. Thanks for tuning in to the Connection Church Dublin Sermon Podcast. We pray that this message stirred your affections for Jesus. We would love for you to subscribe to the podcast and share it with others. For more information about our church and other resources, please visit ConnectionDublin.com.